Okay, so this is Matt Rhodes for Derbyshire Media Company, and uh, it's time for another uh, Olympic sports uh, interview today. And uh, this time I'm joined by 400 metre hurdler Jess Turner. Jess, how are you today? Yeah, good, thank you. Very good. <laughs> yeah, thanks uh, for your time with this, because I know you'll be, uh, uh, I imagine, very busy still with uh, training. So uh, thanks for your time with this. Um, yeah, so uh, I thought we'd start off uh, the interview just by uh, sort of having a look right at the start of your career as well, because I'm well aware that um, there'll be people listening to this who know uh, very well who you are, but there might also be some people uh, that don't know you too well. So, um, as I said before, you're a 400 metre hurdler and also a relay runner. Um, but uh, how did you actually get into athletics uh, as a, a career? And also, what was it like? Uh, sort of witness London 2012 in terms of motivation for your own career? Uh, so I've been doing athletics since I can remember, basically since primary school. Um, so I, I joined um, Amber Valley Athletics Club through like a school competition. I think it was like through sports or law cross country. And, um, and my sister, my older sister, did athletics so I kind of wanted to you know sort of follow in her footsteps and because uh, she was a really good athlete when she was younger um, so I sort of being a younger sister I wanted to copy her and everything so that, that's when I sort of joined athletics and um, did all the event all the events and everything um, but it really started to like kickstart for me um, just when I was probably like in sixth form um, time so when I was like 15, um, really started to take it a lot serious. And um, that's when I thought like, oh yeah, I actually really want to go away in athletics because I was, I was naturally quite quick. Um, so I did like all the sports back in, um, back in school, like football, but and the basketball, tennis ball, uh, tennis ball, um, <laughs> netball and stuff like that. Um, but all I wanted to do was just run around and I was quick, so um, my teacher was just like, I think you need to stick to athletics because um, you can't throw or like, shoot or anything like that. So um, that's what I did. Um, and I think when um, uh, watching the 2012 Olympics, um, I was like glued to my screen, especially the Super Saturday with, you know, Greg Woodford, Mo Farah, Jess Ennis winning it was just pure gold delight for British athletics. It was probably one of the best um, to date British athletics like moments um, in history. Um, that really was just like, oh, I'd love to go there. I'd love to go to the Olympics and just represent Great Britain at such a high class event. Um, so that's um, when I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to really like try and you know, see if I can get there. So, um, went through all the age group championships so started as a junior so got my first international best at European juniors in 2013 uh, for the 400 hurdles and then sort of every year after that progressed up to under 23s um, and then like the seniors so I went to you know uh, 2017 world champs in London um, and then obviously last year Doha world champs um, so really, it's just been like a massive progress year on year on on my hurdles, but as well as the relay. Um, I've been so lucky to be given the opportunity to um, 
uh, be part of the 4 by 4 relay team. And um, for me to do that last year, um, it really has given me a good boost, you know, to get onto the Olympic team for this year. But obviously it's not happening this year, so that was a massive blow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that was basically like how I sort of got into it. And um, like to this day now, I, I'm still wanting to go further. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not finished yet. Like I'm still wanting to uh, do even better. So hmm. yeah, I like the fact um, that sibling rivalry started it all off. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> she was actually um, my sister. She was a really, really good 800 meter athlete um, when yeah. she was younger, and. Um, so obviously I tried to do 800 as well, but she was always, she was always better at the longer distance than I was. I was more of a sprinter type, type athlete. And um, even in like training back in the day, um, she'd always be ahead and I'm all, it was literally like rivalry throughout. Um, but then it sort of like changed that, you know, I was a completely different athlete to her. I was more of a sprinter. Hurdler. I was I was sort of a sort of an all rounder type athlete because I did a bit of heptathlon back in the day, um, but then you know the 400 hurdles sort of came together better for me, so that's why I stick to that. Um, but to, to be fair, I think my sister could beat me in a in a marathon, to be honest, because I'm not that good at long distance. <laughs> yeah. I uh, well. Uh, with uh, my own uh, athletics career, um, the my greatest achievement was uh, beating my brother at the Leeds Marathon. Now, I'm yeah. not saying uh, either of us did very good times, but I did beat him, so uh, that <laughs> that's yeah. definitely my biggest achievement. So I know I know uh, uh, sibling rivalry is uh, extremely important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just before we also go on to um, obviously what what's happened this year. Because uh, obviously it's turned out in a way that no one could have foreseen. Um, I'm just interested to know as well how uh, Derbyshire Institute of Sport uh, has helped your career along. Uh, how long have you been uh, with Derbyshire Institute and how has that helped your career? So they have been a massive, massive part of my athletics career. So they began in 2012 after the London Olympics and the aim was to get... Um, you know, the best Derbyshire athletes um, on the world-class stage. And um, I was one of the first athletes to be um, chosen for that programme. So that was like a massive honour uh, to begin with. And um, um, and when, when I was on it, I never really had like a strict training programme. Um, I, I never stepped foot in the gym. I never did any strength and conditioning sessions. So when they first introduced me to that, and to say that I was doing really well when I was young, to say that um, well, as soon as I stepped into the gym and the coaches sort of looked after me, like worked with me and everything, I was rubbish. I couldn't, I was really weak. And um, they said, oh, do you know what? If we really like knuckle down and, you know, train you hard, you'll, you'll be really good like in the future. So um, their programme has been a massive, massive like help for me through today. So I've been with um, Darsh Institute of Sport to this day from 2012. And um, 
like I've, I've said this like a million times but it's true every time like I would not be where I am without that support without their help um it is massively like valuable for me and for other athletes um you know all of their athletes that they have um have really good track records you know as soon as they started they progressed through the program so we have like snc uh, nutrition lifestyle support which was massive um help for me because that was when i was sort of transitioning from school into university and sort of like and then from university into getting a job so they really helped me because I was I was sort of like, oh, what do I do? Do I get a full time job? But I still want to work. I still want to train full time because my my dream, my goal in you know my athletics career is to get to the Olympics and um, be the best athlete I can be. And um, so they massively helped me with that. And um, yeah, I mean, it's. Yeah, like I said, like I wouldn't be here without them. And they're still now like a massive part of my life, not only like my athletics career, but my life as well. Um, because they're such a small um, group of people, like they're, they're family. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been massively like amazing for me and other athletes who have been a part of um, DIS. And I'm quite proud to say that, you know, for such a small program that they've built for Derby in Derbyshire, it's produced amazing athletes from that program. So um, they have been pretty incredible. Yeah, it really does seem like they do uh, an excellent job. Because I've interviewed uh, Jess Piazeki and uh, Katie Toft before, and both of them yeah. well said out how much it's uh, helped uh, aid their careers too. Uh, mm. So yeah, it does sound like they do uh, a really fantastic job. Um, yeah. Yeah, so coming on to this year, um, obviously it's uh, not gone the way anyone expected. Um, how have you managed to cope um, with the drastic change of circumstances this year? Because obviously at the, right at the beginning, obviously the focus would have been on uh, trying to qualify uh, for Tokyo 2020. And now obviously it's not happening until next year. It's might not even happen at all there's genuine mm. possibility that could happen um how have you managed to cope with that it's been so tough i mean coming off from last year i had such an amazing season last year in doha um massive pb in the hurdles um chance to run in the relay missed out on a medal in the relay um in the final but it was a massive boost up for my you know careers and then that's what led me on to um, getting on to British Athletics funding for the relay so the start of this year or the start of like the back end of last year with the winter training it was really like knuckled down really work hard because there is there was a goal is for the Olympics and that was what I was driven to like all my horrible sessions and then obviously um when did lockdown happen? Um, back end of sixteenth, I think. Yeah, so like in March. Um, so it kind of all started. Um, we booked a um, training camp in Florida for the whole month of April, and um, obviously I was like really excited because um, they've got some fantastic facilities, training facilities in Florida, um, and um, I would start. 
a couple of races over there to open up the season, see how my training's going and all that kind of stuff. And then, um, so we booked it all, booked everything. And then they said um, on the news that, oh no, um, lockdown, we've been put in lockdown, um, big pandemic and all this stuff. And we were like, oh no. So everything was just sort of put on pause. And we were like, so what's going to happen then? Like, it, and it all turned out that all the competitions that me and my coach had planned for the season were all cancelled. And we were like, what's going on? Like, it was quite a bizarre time. And um, my only concern was, is the Olympics still going to be on? And then they didn't actually announce the postponement of the Olympics till later on. So when, all, when, not, well, when lockdown happened and all the tracks closed, obviously, because I train at Loughborough, um, they had to completely close the whole campus, the tracks and the gyms. Um, I was sort of like, um, what do I do? Like, I can't get in on any tracks. I can't train without a track and a gym. Um, and obviously not being able to see my physio because um, I get regular treatment as well. So I was just, I was kind of like flipping out. I was like, I don't, like really stressed out because the Olympics were still going to go ahead. And I was like, I can't not, not train. Um, so that was quite stressful. And then obviously when they said, um, the Olympics has definitely been postponed until next year. I was like, all oh, right, okay. But um, luckily I had quite a lot of support from British Athletics. So they've provided me some gym equipment. So I made my garage into a gym. Um, and then um, it's just been quite, quite tough to get all my sessions, especially my running sessions done. Um, so I've had to like jog down um, to like the local park where I've been running around on football fields. Um, everything's all on the grass or the road because obviously I can't get on any tracks. And um, that was quite tough. The first couple of weeks was really, really tough for me because I'm just so used to, um, you know, doing my sessions on the track, hurdling on the track. I had no hurdles, so I couldn't hurdle. So my goal to, um, you know, do as much hurdle technical training as I could to get my Olympic qualifying time. That sort of went out the window. So I was like, well, uh, like, what do I do? So me and my coach sort of said like, no, we've got to keep training. Let's just keep fit. Just keep your running and your fitness up until we know what's going to further down the line, what's going to happen. So running around on a football pitch, so uneven, the amount of times I nearly rolled my ankle or my knee, like it was super stressful. Um, like football pitches are so uneven it was so annoying <laughs> and um and obviously like it's just been it's been good because you know you can because your physios are a phone call away or face they're on facetime so we, we were always in contact with each other every day making sure that was all right um on the physio side um <laughs> the first couple the, the second week of lockdown i sprained my wrist in the gym and obviously i couldn't see my physio to help me out so he was like, oh, on FaceTime, sort of like telling me what to do and stuff like that. So at least like they're there um, to help me with that. Um, but so then first couple of weeks were really tough for me and it was really hard to, for me to find any motivation to, to go out and train. And it was like, well, what am I training for? Because the Olympics aren't happening. All my races in Europe are cancelled. I genuinely don't think I'll be racing at all this year. But then you know, after talking to my coaches and um, everyone that's, you know, there to help, help you out, they've said, um, you know, they've made me realise that this is actually quite a 
good opportunity to work on them little things that you sometimes that you sometimes miss or forget when you're in full training and full competition mode so I've sort of turned that into a positive and I've just said to myself well it's another year to get fitter and stronger mm. um you know without the risk of injuring yourself during competition and stuff like that so I really sort of like threw myself into like the grass runs and the gym and everything um just to make sure I'm sort of like you know a step ahead of everyone else if they think oh I'm going to take this as a rest year type thing whereas like now I'm still working because even if the Olympics does happen or doesn't next year um, I want to be ready if it does happen um, so that's basically how I've turned it I've turned it to a positive and just and just said like you know it's another year to get further and stronger so that's what I'm going to do um, and then the last few weeks when you know lockdown did start to ease you know I was able to get back onto a track back into a gym so you know starting to get back into some normality now and it was so nice to go back on the track for the first time in like two months I was like oh it's so smooth like there's no bumps or anything (laughs) so that was really good (laughs) yeah and then have you um been sort of happy with how um the return of the sport has been handled because uh, i know for some sports they've been quite satisfied with it but i know for other sports like um swimming uh, for example um there's been a bit of criticism saying they've just been delayed and, delayed and not actually being able to properly practice what 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 do you think um the return of track running and athletics how that return has been handled um yeah i mean it was really frustrating because um for me so my i could understand at loughborough that they they couldn't open because they had an indoor facility as well as going into campus um so i I understood that we couldn't use that at the start but um for um, Ilkeston track where my club um, trains that's all outdoor and um, I tried ringing saying like is there any way that I can train I don't you don't even have you don't even have to go inside to get down on the track it's all outside um, but you know it's stuff like that that they you know they could have opened up and just had you know athletes like myself and you know there's loads of athletes um who are training to go to the Olympics who need the track so it has been um, quite frustrating that they didn't allow things like that for us but like we've had to adapt I mean every like I mean the swimmers have definitely got it worse than us because you know they've just they just couldn't train at all mm. um but for us like especially me because um I'm a hurdler as well and I need hurdles and the first few weeks of lockdown I had no hurdles so <laughs> I had to pretend to do some hurdle walkovers um, in the back garden like it was it was really really difficult but then I managed to get hold of some hurdles and then use them on the grass um, which is difficult in itself because when you you know you take off and you land on the grass you just sort of fall over you just sink down because it's so uneven mm. um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's great now that we've got access to full facilities. I know the swimmers haven't got yet. 
I don't think. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's it's just trying to be creative and adaptable as you can be. I've seen some swimmers from DIS um, having a big like almost like a massive like deep paddling pool and then using like a bungee cord to like swim without like hitting the wall which I think is amazing like at least they're getting that feeling of you know um swimming but obviously not properly training but um massive credit to them to think really creative like that's what we've all had to do is try to be creative and adaptable in the lack of facilities that we don't we didn't have um but yeah I mean it's it's been okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm impressed with how where we've spoken to before as well. It does seem like there's been a lot of um improvisation with how to go about training like your imaginary hurdles. <laughs> so I know. Just, uh, it's quite creative, yeah. Um <laughs> when I uh spoke to Jess Piazeki, she said that when uh, it was uh, officially announced that the Olympics was postponed, it was actually, she wasn't even upset. She was more relieved more than mm. anything because it just meant that she knew she wasn't training like at 70, 80% for something that you need to be doing at 100%. Was that yeah. the same for you? Was it also more like a relief more than anything that it was I think, Yeah, I think it was because... Um, at that point, I had about half a month of not being on the track or on hurdles. So when they did um, announce that the Olympics was postponed, it was sort of like, oh, like, it, yeah, I was kind of relieved because I knew that from the day that we could start using to attract to the trials, I'd be so stressed trying to cram all my training, all my technical stuff in uh, to try and get that qualifying time in to prove to the selectors that I am fit enough um, to be worthy of selection and stuff like that. So um, it has given us a bit of a lifeline during this lockdown. I mean, everyone's in the same boat. So there was a sense of, oh, oh, like the Olympics aren't happening. Oh, that's so annoying. But I think with what's going on with the pandemic, no one would be able to, you know, come out, produce amazing at the trials and go to Olympics because it's just, no one's had the facilities to train um so it yeah it was sort of a relief but then again the focus and the the drive hasn't finished there it's another it's next year so right that's another year to knuckle down to make sure that at trials next year i will get that qualifying time or i'll get that selection and then knowing that um i'm on that plane but I mean, obviously, there's speculation that um, the Olymp if the Olympics won't happen next year, it won't happen at all. So that's also a bit like, stressful, but I, we can't help it. Like, it's sort of out, out of our control, but we've just make sure, got to make sure that we're ready. Yeah, now, with the um, recent government guidelines sort of... Uh, looking a bit more positive now for the uh, return uh, to competitive sports. And um, what does the rest of this year look like for you? And have you been given any indicators as to what events could maybe still go ahead this year? Obviously, probably without any proper crowds, but uh, is, is there any indication as to what events you may still be able to participate in? Um, not really. Um, a lot of 
my events abroad around Europe have all been cancelled and that that's probably 90% of my racing it's all abroad so like the whole of summer every weekend I'm away in Europe somewhere and because all of them have been cancelled it's sort of like well what do I do there's no races um I think they are putting a couple of races at Loughborough um just for a chance because of trial because the British champs is still going ahead um but it's been postponed again till September I think the beginning of September now um so they're putting on a um competition obviously behind closed doors at Loughborough for a chance chance for people to get a race in before uh, British champs um but it, I'm still very you know confused as to what I should do I mean I would like you know Personally, I, I really want to race because that's what I do. That's what I've been doing for so many years. And for me, not to race for a t- for an entire year is just bizarre. Really, it's just I've never done that before. So I would, I, w- I would really, really would want to race. But am I ready over the hurdles? I don't know. I've missed so much technical stuff. I've not gone out of blocks or anything. Um, but I know that my fitness is still there and my speed. So maybe I do some flat. 400 flats um instead of the hurdles um but i can't even tell you if there's five races this year that i do i think there's two like this there's not many at all that i can do um and with the british champs being behind closed doors it's very it's going to be very very strange like i still don't know whether i'll do british champs um because it's 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 been it's about being ready physically but it's mentally as well um the british chance is such a prestigious event every year and um for for you to go into there not mentally ready you're not in the right mindset to pull anything out great so Mm. physically as well I've, i've no idea what i'm like where i am um in terms of how fast i am over the four or anything so it's it's very very difficult but um a lot of athletes have taken this year as just a big training year um so some athletes aren't even thinking about competing they're just focused on getting all the training in this year it's like having another winter's training um and then because next year is going to be if next year is going to be pretty insane with the amount of competitions that was postponed for this year to next year so it's going to be really busy next year yeah um but yeah it's like me and my coach still don't know if there's going to be many races this year so we don't know (laughs) yeah (laughs) in conclusion uh i don't know very uncertain yeah very uncertain I was just wondering as well, because I don't think I asked um, uh, Jessica's FDO, Katie, top this, but she mentioned there the, you know, the possibility of doing uh, the national championships, which would obviously normally um, have uh, a decent crowd in there. Um, what effects could it have um, racing, you know, a, a big, big race in a big event where there might be no crowd whatsoever or a crowd where it's extremely limited due to social distancing. Do you think that could genuinely have quite a big effect on athletes as well? 
I think it has a massive effect. I mean, I've run in stadiums where there's been no crowds just because there's not been many people turn up and it is weird. Um, you're starting your race and all you hear is silent. All you can hear is the athletes around you breathing and running and it is weird. And it's like when you talk to you know, Olympic athletes and they say, oh, it was when they run really well, oh, it was the crowd that really got me over the finish line. We're not going to have that at the British Champs. Yeah. Um, and I still don't know what the restrictions are going to be. Are they going to let us run in lanes next to each other or are they going to separate us? Like, using that lane two, four, six, eight. Um, are they going to let us use blocks? Because obviously other people are going to be using the same blocks um, in every race. Is there going to be one round or two rounds? Um, like, are we going to be able to stay in a hotel? but no one can go in the stadium with me type thing. Um, it's like call room, how, how are you going to get everyone in the indoor arena warming up with the social distancing? Like I, 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 I can't really get my head around how it's going to work. And I've spoken to a lot of athletes who say the exact same thing. Um, so I guess, yeah, I think I'm going to, do some like time trial races in training just to see where I am and if I'm in really good shape I think I will be like right I am I will do it but just, just yeah I just don't know how it is gonna how it's gonna pan out really um but you never know like we it could be a localized lockdown in Manchester or in Loughborough Derby in the next few weeks so you just don't know like it could like the British Champs could cancel like it's just all this uncertainty is really like, it's quite um, stressful. But um, for me, I'm just focusing on my, you know, myself and my training and, yeah. yeah. There's just so much to consider, isn't there? When you think, uh, you know, things can come back and it might seem like almost back to normality. There's like a whole list of things that you ran through there. And it's mm. like, yeah, I've never even thought of that before. Like hotels yeah. and stuff like that. It, there's so much to consider. So like when it does come to the Olympics, and obviously if there isn't a vaccine still by that point, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't want to be <laughs> in charge yeah. of organising all that. Yeah. Um, there's some, a feeling that obviously you're still um, basically treating this as like an extended training year, but has it, still sort of like being a feeling that you've kind of missed out on such a huge year of your career has that made you even more uh, determined and driven to not just qualify for the Tokyo Games but to also ensure it's a successful one as well oh yeah definitely um because we were so close into meddling at the world champs last year in Doha um I remember so when basically like we did get the medal and then they took then they took the medal off us and I remember when we all got back to the hotel me and the team we sort of went out for a burger because we were just like oh it's the end of the competition we need to like eat just eat what we want and um um, and I I said because everyone was quite down quite upset about what happened and I just said like look girls would you rather get a medal at the world champs or a medal next year at the Olympic Games Everyone said Olympic Games, so I said, right, well, that's what we're going to do. We're going to work hard, and we're going to get that medal for the relay. And I, I, 
I genuinely believe that we will get a medal in the relay. We have got the most talented 400 meter runners, girls in our team. And, you know, it's like, that was, that's the annoying thing as well, because if it would have happened, you know, um, the, if the Olympics were to still go ahead, like I would have been raring to go like, yep, we're definitely going to make this a successful Olympics for us in the relay. Um, but then we said again, it's fine. It gives us another year. So we're just going to get another year again, fit and stronger, and then we'll do it next year. Um, but for me personally, like I've always said, I've wanted to go to the Olympics. I want to go to all the Olympics as many as I can do. Yeah. And I, I want to go to the Olympics for the relay, but I also want to go for the four hurdles. And I want to, you know, win international medals. And I will work hard, as hard as I can to, to make that a reality. Um, it's been, it's, it's so hard. It's so hard, but I've been doing it for so many years that it's just built into me. It's my routine now. It's who I am. So um, that's, that's always going to be you know, the dream, the goal. Yeah, that, that runs into my last question, really, because um, I was just about to ask, what, what is your long-term ambition with your career? So I'm right in saying that it's not just um, looking at maybe getting the medal um, at the uh, Olympics, hopefully, if it goes ahead with uh, the 4 by 4 relay, but long-term as well, you're also desperate to try and get a medal uh, in your individual 400-metre hurdles as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like in, in both um, disciplines, but you know, we've got um, the Commonwealths in Birmingham, we've got the Europeans, we've got world champs, we've got everything. And um, you know, every year, you know, the goal doesn't change. It's just the, you know, the type of competition. It's like, oh, next year it's Europeans, right. I want to get a European medal this year. I want to get a world medal. Um, so that, yeah, that's always been the goal, just to, you know, win international medals, be the best athlete in Britain for the four hurdles and for the relay. Um, and obviously the Olympics. And <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I said that was going to be my last question. Uh, that, that was why <laughs> I'll, I've just thought up of uh, one more. Cause, um, I've, it, it sounds a bit daft, but like, um, cause like wait, if, if I go, Running, I mean, obviously, I'm just a complete amateur. I'll do like 10k's and half marathons, but like when when a race is just about to start, I get like really, really nervous. And like, and I'm only running for myself or for like a charity that I'm running for. There's like that, that's that's it. It's not going to be on TV or anything like that. It's just running for myself. And I feel like, oh, this is like a really big thing and it's all buzz because there's so many people there. And this probably sounds a bit daft, but what, what, does it ever, do you ever have like a moment where you stop and think like just before the big race is about to start, like at the World Championships last year for you, to think like this is mad, like what I'm doing is such a big thing, like there's people watching what I'm doing on TV and there's a whole crowd of people that have to watch what I'm about to do. Do you ever stop to think like, how sort of mad this all is that you you're able to do a career that so many people can watch and I don't know does, does that ever go through your head or anything like that oh yeah absolutely but I absolutely love it as well um so the best the best bit 
um, was when I did the World Champs in London in 2017. So I was walking out onto the track uh, to my blocks uh, for the heat. And when I was walking out of the tunnel with all the other athletes, um, I could hear people in the stadium, go Jess, go Jess. And I'm like, who are these people? How did they know my name? Like, cause I've got the GB kit on. And I'm like, oh my God, like they know, my, they know who I am. And like loads of people were shouting at me like, oh, good luck Jess, go Jess and all this. And I was like, oh my God. And then, um, so, and then, so got to the, um, the start of the race. I was in lane one. And what they do is they, um, they film like, when they like introduce each athlete, they go from the outside um, lanes into the um, inside lane. So I was the last one to be introduced um, and stuff like that. And because I was the only GB girl in that race and it was a home crowd. So they said, oh, and lane one is just her from GB. The stadium was so loud. It was definitely like the cheers and the like clap and everything. It was like, obviously I've got the loudest one because it was a home games. <laughs> and, um, that was that was when I started to realise like oh my god like I'm at the World Champs in London just about to start a race and I was loving it I was like oh these people are cheering for me like they know who I am and stuff like that and then the camera went like right on your mark I was like oh crap like <laughs> sort of got to like um, refocus myself because I was absolutely loving it and then I was like oh I've actually got a job to do like I've got to get focused and stuff like that so. Um, but I, I absolutely love it because it's what I've always wanted to do, to, to walk out on a track in the Great Britain kit is the most amazing feeling, massive, massive like, honour to do. And um, I absolutely love it. But now that I've done you know, quite a few um, like international competitions and stuff, I've, you know, I'm quite strict as to write, I'm quite like, quiet the morning of my race and things like that like I'm, su I'm super focused so I'll get on the track and you sort of have to block everything out like no distractions just sort of forget that everyone's there just focus on your race on your lane and on your hurdles and then I do that I finish the race and then I'm like oh my god I'm here like this is amazing like then I sort of take it all in um yeah. but yeah I mean I always every race even if it's a little European little meat race um, I always get so nervous yeah. um, always always get really nervous but you know as soon as I'm on my blocks and the starter um, you know says on your marks them nerves just sort of go away and I'm like right I'm focused and I just get into this zone of where I'm, I'm not nervous I've, I've just I've got a job to do I'm going to do it as best I can yeah. and that's sort of how I get through it um, yeah, I'm, all, I'm, I'm always interested in like the mental side of um, like uh, competitive sports as well. That really interests me because I remember when um, back in 2000 when Cathy uh, Freeman, uh, uh, basically Australia's Olympics, uh, whether it was a success or not, was pretty much all down to her, whether she won a gold and even if she won silver, it basically would have been a failure. And I was just like, how do you possibly cope with the nerves when you know you've got that much pressure on you and when she did win gold she didn't even look happy at the end she just yeah. looked so relieved that you know all the pressure was off and she did the job so yeah that's always yeah. something that's yeah. really interesting it is, yeah. it is like that especially for me um i get quite nervous at the british champs um if it's a trials 
for something um, because that is quite a high pressure event because that is the champ that's the competition where you either you're selected or you're not so and the pressure is immense especially if you've got sponsors or um you know family and friends who are watching it at home on the tv and they're messaging you before saying good luck i'm watching you you can do this i sort of have to not look at my phone i can't look at my phone before a race because you get so many people you know wanting you to do well it's like i want to do well myself but you know it's me who's got to do it and it's quite nerve-wracking and you yeah. know the amount of pressure you know from your coaches your sponsors everything like that um but for me as soon as I got on the track all that goes away and I just think about myself um and I think that's I think that is a skill to have it's quite a good skill to have because sometimes athletes get on the track and all they can think about is oh god like I've got to do I've got to win or you know top three or whatever and then they just blow up they you know um so I mean it, it will get a lot tougher for me in the future I know because you know the competitions are going to get more harder athletes are going to get a lot faster so it's going to be difficult for me to get there but yeah. I'm prepared to work as hard as I can to get there and um, I've got such incredible support around me from British Athletics and DIS so um you know I've got no worries about you know, lack of support and stuff, so.